You're listening to Sibling Talk, commentary from a progressive point of view. Now here are your hosts, John Paulette and Mary Jo Tumer. Hello, I'm John Paulette. And I'm Mary Jo Tumer. Uh, Mary, here's the deal, as I understand it. You and I and uh, Mo and Pam decide we'd like to go and have a lavish trip to France. And we will travel throughout France and we will drink some wine. We will eat some cheese. We'll have lots of fun. Then later we sit down and say, okay, guys, now we have to decide whether or not we want to pay for that, that trip. And some of us might say, well, yeah, I think we have to pay for it. I mean, we already charged it and everything. And others might say, well, you're the one who wanted to go on the trip. So you've got to figure out how to pay for it. It's not my problem to do that. Somehow this crude analogy feels like Mitch McConnell and the Congress as we consider whether or not to raise the debt limit, why ever we have to do this, and keep the government funded. John, isn't it stunning how Mitch McConnell can, like, justify absolutely anything? I'm I'm really kind of um, impressed is too strong a word, but I am amazed at the his ability to, or his twisted logic. Because what I understand he's basically saying is, yes, we have to raise the debt ceiling, and yes, this is for bills that have come due, but if the Democrats want this, you know, bill for the Build Back Better stuff that's not the infrastructure, then, and they're in power, if they want that, then they have to go and loan on the other thing. It doesn't even make sense. No, it doesn't. And, you know, he's got this incredible history of it. You'll remember, he said with a very solemn, straight face, uh, a president should not be able to nominate a Supreme Court justice within whatever it was, a year, a year, a couple of months of an election. We should leave this up to the people. He, he was all in favor of absolute democracy until, of course, he wasn't. And it was just weeks before another election. And they said, oh, but that's not the same. <laughs> he, you know, and then he had this convoluted logic just like he has now. And I mean, I guess all of it would be kind of funny if we weren't risking the possibility of an economic meltdown and a recession, all because this guy gets it into his head, uh, no matter what it is, games, games with it. Uh, Barack Obama gets elected, and I say on the first day, we are going to obstruct everything. How, how can he be in public service? The, remember, Donald Trump is the worst man, in my mind, to be in public service. But man, Mitch McConnell is close. <laughs> the thing about it is, Mitch McConnell is, is smart. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which Donald but, Trump is not, right? But is the point, and this is what 
I've been struggling with. Is the point the same point as for Obama, which is that there's not going to be any support for the Biden agenda? And even if the, the, um, we have to blow the economy up, <laughs> put us into financial crisis, that would be worth it to make sure Biden doesn't succeed. Uh, that apparently is the point, because I seriously have searched my mind, and I can't find anything else, like any other reason, why they would go down this path. And it, I mean, it all reminds me, and my memory is that this was on a dead limit as well. Remember when Ted Cruz filibustered? Wasn't yeah. he filibustering dead limit? I think, uh, he, I think he was. I mean, it definitely had to do with the government shutdown. Yeah. And so he stood up and he read Dr. Seuss. I guess <laughs> he was standing up against that being canceled or something. Uh, and at the time, my memory is that he was doing it because he was mad about the Affordable Care Act. And so he wanted to take a stand. And, you know, I've kind of connected this in my mind. And I have to tell Senator McConnell, when you are linked, even in just John Paulette's mind, to Ted Cruz, that is not a place you want to be. <laughs> oh, my God. But, you know, I've been wondering why it is that they can get away with playing such hardball. I'm not quite sure how we would, how the Democrats would do that, but even me... I'm tempted to tell Schumer, take them right up to the brink because they're responsible for it. You know, meaning the Republicans are responsible for it. And just as a pure political matter, how do you pay that, play that to your advantage? Because they're just going to say, well, you know, the Democrats, they want to destroy the economy anyway. Well, they are. And I'm going to give you my theory. And this is going to sound pompous, arrogant, and elitist. I no, John. No, I would never sound any of those things. But, but at the core of what I'm going to say, I think is the truth. We know that uh, college-educated voters overwhelmingly tend to be Democratic. So I'm going to uh, take from that, extrapolate from that, that Democratic voters tend to be a little bit more thoughtful. Republican voters, on the other hand, love nothing more than sticking it to the lib libs. Take them. Go on, Mitch. Show them. Push them. Push them right up to the end. Hell, they ain't going to let the government uh, uh, default. And if it does, what the hell? All the government does is give money to poor people anyway. Maybe it's time we taught them a lesson. So I think, think that uh, what Mitch McConnell is doing right now actually appeals to Republicans, and they'll reward him for it. I think it's true with some group of them. And I also just want to warn you that you were um, channeling Rush Limbaugh. Oh, and that was is that? never Yes, you were, and that is oh, never good. No, no, <laughs> not Rushbo. I don't I want to be Rushbo. Maybe he's like in the Bardo and he's around looking for someone to enter. Don't let it happen, John. Don't oh, give in to it. No, don't do it. If I come on here some morning and start talking about feminazis, <laughs> you shut down the recording right away. <laughs> friends don't uh, let friends talk about feminazis <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know john i think you're right um 
that it, it has to do with what messages are coming out of the conservative media about how you undermine the Democrats, the liberals, the elites. And um, I just don't know what the Democrats can do about that. I mean, what they should do is get rid of the filibuster and just go balls out on all the stuff we wanted, you know, Biden wanted to do. But you know that's not going to happen. I mean, I thought I read yesterday that Nancy Pelosi is going gonna, is gonna to hold the bills for another week or so. Is that right? Uh, she, uh, the most recent announcement is that she does intend to put uh, what, for lack of another word, the bipartisan uh, uh, infrastructure bill up for a vote, even though there has no, uh, been no concrete movement on the reconciliation uh, bill. This is directly opposed, of course, to what she promised uh, the progressive wing. The conjecture is that uh, Pelosi has recognized and has convinced her caucus that uh, at this point in the Biden presidency, they cannot afford, and not only can't they afford a loss, they can't afford not to have a whim. And so right now, given falling numbers, problem with COVID, Afghanistan, you know, keep the list going, possibility of government shutdown. They need a win. And so however she did it, if this conjecture is right, she somehow got Presley, AOC, the whole group, Bernie Sanders, to accept the argument. Suck it up, guys. Uh, I know I've asked you to do this before, but right now, we got to deliver something to Joe Biden. I think that's where it stands. Hmm. Interesting. Well, she's probably right about that. She's probably right that you have, the Democrats have to show that they can govern. Because if they don't demonstrate that, whatever chance they have of holding on to the House next year, it's gone. So well, that's, I think she's right, actually. Yeah, it is gone. And I think the other element to, to it, We've all known, I mean, heck, the Republicans knew that an infrastructure bill, the hard infrastructure bill, is a popular bill. This is uh, bridges, roads for local, uh, local districts. It's things people can say. It's things that the government or the local congressmen can slap their na names on. So... That's a popular bill to deliver. It will create jobs. And right now, because of the amount of manipulating that the Republicans have tried to do, they're kind of on the bad side of that. Uh, and so they're going to be forced, if that bill can move forward, the Republicans, I think, will be forced to come forward and overwhelmingly vote for it. Which, I mean, their ability to switch, uh, frankly, their ability to vote no on the bill and go home and take credit for it is, you know, just about unparalleled. <laughs> John, it's like um, this weekend when Trump came out and said that the the fake audit in Arizona proved that he won. Yeah, I and I, yesterday, I told somebody that, and they said, that's not true. He didn't say that. 
I said, no, he did. He absolutely did. They said, no, this is the other person said, not even Donald Trump could say that. Do you know I had to pull it up on my phone and, and <laughs> well, show it? You had to, to, had to Google prove it, huh? I did. I was Google proving, uh, <laughs> which, which in, in French, we say, Google prove. I said, Laba, say Google prove. Which is, is worthwhile. At any rate, we are in for a couple of days uh, of tension, I think. Right. Because the stakes are high on this. And we're going to just keep <laughs> I just keep losing money on my investments, which is not a good thing because I'm a retired person now. <laughs> Absolutely. And I fortunately decided to go back to teaching in a Catholic school. So I'm becoming somewhat wealthy. Exactly. So, so we're you know we're we're both victims of our very intelligent money management. <laughs> exactly right. Listen, I got to wind you up with uh, with one question on this. The real answer to all of this mess would be to bring about a bill that gets rid of this stupid voting to raise the debt limit. Uh, you want to just go ahead and tell me that ain't going to happen? Well, not only I think they would need the, um, you know, 60 votes unless they did away with the filibuster. I, I think you couldn't do that through reconciliation. No. no. And I just don't see that happening. And I, I know we had a discussion about the other day, and I was kind of like, well, it has its value. But the more I thought about what you said and what's happened... I think you're right. This is just, it creates crises that don't need to be created. And it creates political leverage at just such huge risk to the country. Because the only ones that ever use that tool, you know, as political leverage like this are the, Repu excuse me, the Republicans. And so we're going to keep living this drama every time they don't get what they want. So, you know, I always try to say, well, they, you know, they oppose things they don't believe in. We, the Democrats do as well. We didn't agree with the tax cuts, but we weren't willing to blow the government, the country, you know, the economy up in opposition. But gosh, John, they are. And we just, you know, it's going to keep happening. So I think you're right. Yeah. That, that has a, to go. The image that's in my mind, it's like we said let's keep a, a good supply of hand grenades on hand so that <laughs> yes. like once a year or something, we can pull the pin on one and hand it to Mitch McConnell and say, here, Mitch, here's a hand, a hand grenade. What would you like to, to do with it? And he'd say, well, I believe that this is a socialist hand grenade. <laughs> That's my that's my best Mitch McConnell. What a good way to end, right? It wasn't bad. At least you got to throw the word socialist in. That's right. All right. Have, Talk a, to you have later. a happy socialist day. Bye. Sibling Talk is a JMP production. Theme song by David Paulette.